You are listening to a special midweek combination, no fair remembering stuff, and regular professional left podcast episode, like all 773 previous episodes of this little ongoing adventure. This episode is available wherever you get your podcasts and at our website, proleftpod.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There is a Patreon button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at The Professional Left Podcast, P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. And it's not safe for work. is a hybrid episode. We're only doing one show this week due to personal schedules and the overarching meaninglessness of the <laughs> New Hampshire primary. Yeah. Uh, the catchphrase, as Ingrid Bergman said in Hitchcock's Notorious. Don't be silly. The important drinking hasn't started yet. So if you aren't getting enough professional left podcast in your life this week, don't forget to watch or listen to the Hal Sparks program Mega Worldwide from last Friday. January 19th. We had a great time with Hal. Mm -hmm. And we have that video posted on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash proleftpod. It is not behind a paywall. It is not behind anything. You can go and click on it right there at our Patreon page. I don't put a lot of things behind paywalls over there. No. Um, so if the... you're also, if you're looking for a podcast and you wonder if an act of God stopped us from broadcasting this week for any reason, um, you can check there. Patreon.com forward slash ProLapPod is where I would put uh, show news also. Just the real dirty stuff goes behind the paywall. <laughs> really. Just the, And uh, I will be on the broadcast with the inimitable Digby after this podcast is recorded, but probably before it's posted. So let me break out my very best future perfect conditional tense and say it will have been fun. It will have been fun with Digby. Mm -hmm. So that's Digby. a lot of shows that we've been doing. Yes. And so our own show is paying the price. We're sorry about that. But uh, here we are doing one show this week uh, for ourselves. And uh, we hope you'll listen to all the other places where you can get uh, us on oh, the air. Oh, just a little housekeeping. Yes, we're all thawed out here. The, the entire yeah, Midwest was shut down on Monday. Yeah. Uh, due to an ice storm, and we are now thawed out and mobile. So yep. thank you for your concern. Thank you for your concerns about that. We were deep in ice on Monday, mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, so let's talk about the present dire condition our democracy is in, Driftlass. <laughs> yeah, let's, I'm let's not change the subject. And no. I'm not laughing in joy. Uh, no, but it's, you know, it's here. The it's crisis here. is here. This is here. Uh, first, we're going to talk about the present as it was to have been. There's another tense situation, verbal tense. A lot of um, tension going on. A lot of tension. <laughs> back in 2012, uh, and then we will zoom back to the present and talk about why the media is the way it is and where things are headed. Um, but remember, as I said before, the important drinking hasn't started yet in this election. Mm -hmm. um, now, this is Rachel Maddow the day after the 2012 presidential election. When, surprise, Barack Obama was reelected president by a healthy margin. Mm -hmm. And Republicans were shocked by this. Blown they away. had been Stop. told over and over again on Fox mm -hmm. that there was going to be a landslide for Romney. Romney landslide. Yeah, and you know what? Why don't you go to the decision room or the brain room and check those numbers? Because I'm sure it's going to be Oh, uh, and Carl wrong. Rove had a fit about Ohio. Mm-hmm. 
and yep. said those numbers are wrong and we're going to win Ohio and that's this is just crazy how is this even possible and it was it was a punch to the gut for them mm-hmm. so here is Rachel Maddow the day after the 2012 election and the election has been decided and here's Rachel Maddow that happened that really happened um, we are not going to have a Supreme Court that will overturn Roe versus Wade There will be no more Antonin Scalia's and Samuel Alito's added to this court. We're not going to repeal health reform. Nobody is going to kill Medicare and make old people in this generation or any other generation fight it out on the open market to try to get themselves health insurance. We are not going to do that. We're not going to give a 20% tax cut to millionaires and billionaires and expect programs like food stamps and kids' health insurance to cover the cost of that tax cut. We're not going to make you clear it with your boss if you want to get birth control under the insurance plan that you're on. We are not going to redefine rape. We are not going to amend the United States Constitution to stop gay people from getting married. We are not going to double Guantanamo. We are not eliminating the Department of Energy or the Department of Education or housing at the federal level. We are not going to spend $2 trillion on the military that the military does not want. We are not scaling back on student loans because the country's new plan is that you should borrow money from your parents. We are not vetoing the DREAM Act. We are not self-deporting. We are not letting Detroit go bankrupt. We are not starting a trade war with China on Inauguration Day in January. We are not going to have, as a president, a man who once led a mob of friends to run down a scared gay kid to hold him down and forcibly cut his hair off with a pair of scissors while that kid cried and screamed for help. And there was no apology, not ever. We are not going to have a Secretary of State, John Bolton. We are not bringing Dick Cheney back. We are not going to have a foreign policy shop stocked with architects of the Iraq war. We are not going to do it. We had the choice to do that if we wanted to do that as a country. And we said no. And I'm going to start us out with a quote from a man named Jacques Mallet Dupin, which I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing correctly, who is best known, if you know him at all, as a polemicist during the French Revolution, who was fairly accurately at, accurate at predicting the trajectory of the revolutionary movement as a whole. And here's the quote, like Saturn, the revolution devours its children. So today we're going to modify that quote just a little bit to fit our times. Like Saturn, the Reagan revolution devours its children. We are now 44 years out from the so-called Reagan revolution. And while that revolution is now well and truly dead, the forces it set in motion on the right to win that revolution are alive and well and insane and control of the GOP. Because for most of the last 44 years, elite conservatives have told themselves and told the world that the Republican Party was a three-legged stool. I'm sure you've heard this before. It's a three-legged stool, a coalition of fiscal conservatives, social conservatives, and national security hawks. But it never was. It is not, never was. The real three-legged stool propping up the GOP this whole time has been paranoia, rage, and racism. That's right. But that is not what our elite thought leaders were saying back in 2012. In fact, except for a few crackpot alarmists on the left, no one was paying attention to the real threat lurking just below the surface of the Republican Party. Rachel Maddow ended her monologue that day after the 2012 election with a clip that went viral, not because it broke the fever of the Republican base, as she predicted, losing the election was going to do. Absolutely. Remember that? Fever break. This, this, that was her first segment was it's it's going to break the fever. People have to recognize that they've lost big because 
they're not basing their uh, activities on facts. Well, it went viral because we liberals knew all along that it was a list of truths that would never be accepted by the Republican base. Ohio really did go to President Obama last night, and he really did win. And he really was born in Hawaii. And he really is legitimately President of the United States, again. And the Bureau of Labor Statistics did not make up a fake unemployment rate last month. And the Congressional Research Service really can find no evidence that cutting taxes on rich people grows the economy. And the polls were not skewed to oversample Democrats. And Nate Silver was not making up fake projections about the election to make conservatives feel bad. Nate Silver was doing math. And climate change is real. And rape really does cause pregnancy sometimes. And evolution is a thing. And Benghazi was an attack on us. It was not a scandal by us. And nobody is taking away anyone's guns. And taxes have not gone up. And the deficit is dropping, actually. And Saddam Hussein did not have weapons of mass destruction. And the moon landing was real. And FEMA is not building concentration camps. And UN election observers are not taking over Texas. And moderate reforms of the regulations on the insurance industry and the financial services industry in this country are not the same thing as communism. Listen. Last night was a good night for liberals and for Democrats for very obvious reasons. But it was also possibly a good night for this country as a whole. Because in this country, we have a two-party system in government. And the idea is supposed to be that the two sides both come up with ways to confront and fix the real problems facing our country. They both propose possible solutions to our real problems. And we debate between those possible solutions. And by the process of debate, we pick the best idea. That competition between good ideas from both sides about real problems in the real country should result in our country having better choices, better options than if only one side is really working on the hard stuff. And if the Republican Party and the conservative movement and the conservative media is stuck in a vacuum-sealed, door-locked spin cycle of telling each other what makes them feel good and denying the factual lived truth of the world, then we are all deprived as a nation of the constructive debate between competing, feasible ideas about real problems. Last night, the Republicans got shellacked, and they had no idea it was coming. And we saw them in real time in a real humiliating time, not believe it even as it was happening to them. And unless they are going to secede, they are going to have to pop the factual bubble they have been so happy living inside if they do not want to get shellacked again. And that will be a painful process for them, I'm sure, but it will be good for the whole country, left, right, and center. You guys, we're counting on you. Wake up. Sweet summer child, Rachel Maddow, <laughs> believing that the goal of parties, of political parties, is to win elections so that you can put your policies into place. Mm -hmm. And that is not what the conservative base was interested in. Nope. You will recognize that the current Republican Party under Trump does not have a platform. And doesn't care. And doesn't care. Well, the platform is whatever Donald Trump feels like. Whatever Donald Trump wants is the platform. Whatever mm -hmm. he does is the platform. The sad fact is that neither the conservative elite nor the quote-unquote liberal media paid attention to the escalating madness of the Republican base. They didn't care. The base doesn't care about winning elections. It and, cares about making liberals cry. And, and my theory right along has been that this is a big reason why never-Trumpers, all the never-Trumpers, all those neoconservative 
ultra conservative, you know, the people who ran the Weekly Standard and the New York Times folks and the no labels people uh, were a big reason why they were able to so quickly and easily colonize the liberal media. Because their story was the story we were telling, which was the Republican Party is insane and it is racist and it's nuts. And that's why they nominated Donald Trump, because he is their triumphant hero. He's the guy they were waiting for. But all of those people, all the all the elite conservatives and all the elite media all believed the party was Mitt Romney. The party was yep. Jeb Bush. Mm-hmm. You know, the party was George Bush, that they were going to keep doing that forever, that the, the base might be crazy, might not be crazy, might be racist, might not be. They were under control. They were on a leash and they would do what they're told. And, you know, this is why we had the autopsy. Remember the autopsy, Luke? I remember 2013, the autopsy. Yeah. It was we, have, we have to attract Hispanics. Right. We have to stop, basically, we have to stop trashing women and trashing minorities and, you know, talk to people like who aren't part members of our party. And we have to stop being so racist and sexist and homophobic. And that will guarantee us victory. And that was absolutely the product of the elite conservative thinking about what mm-hmm. their party was. Their party never was that. And the mob, as I wrote back, Jesus, in 2005 with uh, Little Red State Fundy, no, no, no. The mob finally figured out that it runs the party, that it's mm-hmm. the power behind the party, that it can really, if it acts in a concerted way, if it could just find a leader, a, a lens to focus their rage through, they could take the whole thing over because they were they were the party at that point. And all the people at the top of the liberal media and all the people at the top of alert conservatism, elite conservatism refused to believe that. And so when it all went to shit, they all kind of went, looked at each other like, holy crap, how did that happen? Well, well, and one... they're still making that mistake. They're thinking this is Trump. Right. And this that once Trump. Trump is gone, we'll have no problem again. We'll be able to manipulate the base once again to vote for Jeb, Jeb right. Light, right. Nikki Haley, whoever whoever it's going to be. Yeah. And, and there's and no, no acknowledgement no. that they had made a horrible, horrible mistake. And the problem with the Republican Party is full of Republicans. Yeah. And yeah. so the, yeah. the people at the top of our liberal media, especially people that run MSNBC, like Joe Scarborough, um, have there's one theory of the case that goes the Republican Party has been on this trajectory for decades, since Reagan, since before Reagan, since Goldwater. And this is just a natural end state of the thing they've been doing all along, that the mob finally figured out that it runs the party and they took the thing over. The other theory is the one that says, oh, no, this all happened overnight. Uh, nobody could have seen it coming. Uh, freak of nature. That escalator ride. That was what did it. That's right. And that is the one. That is the story. That is the fairy tale. That's the lie that lets the liberal media off the hook for being wrong, lets right. the elite conservatives off the hook for being wrong, because they had nothing to do with this shit. It wasn't you know 20 years of both sides do it that drove down, down, down expectations that allowed Hillary Clinton's emails to be equivalenced to all of Donald Trump's um, disastrous behavior, racist behavior, sexist behavior, assaultive behavior, all of that could be equalized as, well, that's just, you know, both sides, both sides, both sides. So all the people who were complicit in bringing us to this point all kind of got together, either accidentally or intentionally, said, look, we got to stick together, okay? (laughs) And so that's why you find liberal media is now just full of recently former Republicans who all stick to more or less the same storyline, which is it all happened in, in 2015, 2016, we were the ones who called it. We were the ones who were right. And I don't know what the hell these liberals are talking about. They don't even exist, really. 
because we're inconvenient, Blue Gal. We are we are the anomaly, the historical anomaly that makes their theories fall apart, which is why we're not allowed anywhere near a microphone. <laughs> now, completely changing the subject. Yes. I, I would like to talk to you, Blue Gal, about a letter we got from a marketing company, which and we both shall of us. not It wound up in both of our email boxes. Yeah. 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 A very exciting uh, opportunity uh, for uh, money making. Uh, a couple of dollars, maybe. <laughs> a couple of bucks our way. Uh, this is about the amorality of the political marketplace. And I quote, whether your news-oriented content is left, right, or middle, right there you got me. You got me right there because you don't give a shit. Nazi, not Nazi, communist, we don't care. Just you got money, you got an audience. There is a political advertiser looking for your inventory. As you know, funds flow more freely during an election season and the parties are polarized. Love that word polarized. Mm-hmm. The many groups backing various candidates and opinions, you know, again, Nazi, not Nazi, work through agencies where the Something Something Podcast Network has existing relationships. We're friends with everybody. We will sleep with anybody. At Something Something, we represent many podcasters to advertisers of all kinds. And we think your content is a great fit for our clients in the political arena. If you are not actively being represented to political advertisers who represent the values of your listeners... From get-out-the-vote ads to issue ads, we need to talk. Advertising has long been part of the political process, and we want to represent your ad inventory, which is what we are, Blue Gal. Just We're non-stop ad inventory. Ad inventory That's right. Ads. We're going to have to go to 12 podcasts a day, Blue Gal, but it, <laughs> oh, yeah. we'll make some money. We'll make some money from somebody. Can we have all caps in our titles about slamming Donald Trump? Destroying, smashing. Uh, yeah, I think that's required. <laughs> I think that's, that's their in-house style book. Uh, anyway, uh, to represent your ad inventory and help you take advantage of the poor chumps who believe this shit, of yeah. the current intensity of the political environment. Oh, God. I mean, the fight for de- There's money to be made on both sides of the fight for democracy. So uh-huh. get yours now. Advertisers are already in the market with their voter messaging. So the time is now. Just respond to this email and get the conversation started, unquote. And honestly, this might as well be the masthead of the New York Times at this point. Uh-huh. It's just... Uh-huh. Clicks yeah. and likes and referrals and who and cares eyeballs. if you're destroying democracy or cutting social security or taking away women's bodily autonomy. Who cares? Let's make money. Honestly, Bill Hicks is out there in a grave somewhere just laughing his ass off. You know yes, that? He is. That destroying democracy dollar, that's a good dollar. That's you should really good. jump on that Drift dollar. Glass, Drift glass. <laughs> you're never going to get a booth at Politicon with that no, attitude. Never, ever, ever. I could be right next to, I could right be, be right between the Young Turks and Ann Coulter, you know? <laughs> I'm the sensible center. Want to buy my shit? Yeah, okay, yeah. Where do hey, I send hey, money? You know, it's either this or Maga Lion in the Cave, Drift Glass. Yeah. Well, I think we should change the name of our podcast to Mo Labels because. <laughs> We label everything. We would like to talk directly and honestly about the state of our political universe, oh my which is God. something that nobody really wants to do. Well, that's not true. A bunch of never Trumpers now make a lot of money talking about Donald Trump is the worst thing that ever happened. And he's a poopy head. And isn't it a shame? And, you know, OK, fine. That war is over. Um, now, I watched the speech that Donald Trump was making the night he won in New Hampshire. That was last uh-huh. night. And I didn't watch the whole speech because I cannot tolerate that guy for more than no, a few I seconds can't either. at a time. It makes I me can't physically either. ill. But I did see clips of it, and you turn the volume down, and you see this sweaty orange pile of shit, you know, gesticulating. You know, he's threatening somebody or he's bitching about something or whatever. But watching it and watching his kids there and watching the people who were surrounding him, I was reminded of this quote from the very end of the movie Patton. 
a thousand years, Roman conquerors returning from the wars enjoyed the honor of a triumph, a tumultuous parade. In the procession came trumpeters and musicians and strange animals from the conquered territories, together with carts laden with treasure and captured armaments. The conqueror rode in a triumphal chariot, the dazed prisoners walking in chains before him. Sometimes his children, robed in white, stood with him in the chariot or rode the trace horses. A slave stood behind the conqueror, holding a golden crown and whispering in his ear a warning that all glory is fleeting. Because except for the slave whispering in Trump's ear, that is exactly what I saw in New Hampshire. I saw a conqueror flanked by his children. I saw, instead of dazed prisoners, I saw Tim Scott and Vivek Ramaswamy beaten opponents who are now paraded in front of them as craven supplicants, sucking up to him as hard as they can because they'll lose their heads if they don't. Instead of carts laden with treasure, those are Trump's campaign coffers, which are going to fill up very quickly with a lot of money once you know Nikki Haley's out of the way. And the captured armaments are the now undivided attention of the media. That's what I saw. A person who has conquered the Republican Party, who has supplicated everyone who stands in his way. He has one more person to blow out of the water, Nikki Haley, and then it's his. And it's his because the entire Republican Party, every goddamn one of them, from top to bottom, from crotch to crown, is rotten to the core, amoral monsters. And you know what? Well, and I, and I want to stop you there and just say they're also terrified of that base. Yes. And and the threatened violence that is the undercurrent of everything that's going on in the Republican Party right yeah. now. Oh, no, it's it's the mob. The yeah. mob figured the out. The mob runs this, the party. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I'm listening to this podcast about the French Revolution, and the mob has figured out that it can run things. It, all it has mm-hmm. to do is take mm-hmm. heads, and whoever will tell the mob what they want to hear, that's the person we're going to back. We're, we're going we're gonna to back to the hilt. And it's going to keep escalating and kind of keep escalating until it gets bloody and ugly. And then at some point in the future, it will stop. And the only thing standing in the way of that movement taking over our country is the Democratic Party and Joe Biden and Mm -hmm. Kamala Harris. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. just a fact. It is a binary decision. And the number of people who are still out there going, nah, it won't be Trump. Trump won't get elected. This is not going to be Trump. Trump is not going to be nominated. Are you crazy? That can't happen. Is ridiculous. Anyway. Uh, We got mail from Joe Biden this week, Driftglass. Yeah. This morning's mail. mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the official 2024 Biden presidential survey and it came in a big envelope and it's got a registration number and my DNC membership number, Driftglass. You're a card carrying member, aren't you? Card carrying member. And, uh, many of you I'm sure got this in the mail, but there was a part of it that really struck me. A couple things. <laughs> One is, you know, it, it is like every other survey that the Democrats send out for fundraising purposes, to make it seem as though, and there are people for whom this works, you know, they, oh, they want to hear what I think. So I'll fill out this survey and send it in with a check. And that'll, Mm -hmm. you know, whether they do anything with it or not is immaterial. Uh, First thing they want is your email address, of course, (laughs) your Mm -hmm. cell phone number. Uh, And then the questions are, section one, we want to understand the beliefs of voters like you, which of the below best describes you? Very liberal, somewhat liberal, moderate, somewhat conservative, 
very conservative, I don't know, or other. Independent. I'm an independent. Independent isn't in there. I'm an independent. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Section two, on a scale of one to five, one being not involved and five being very involved, how much do you plan to be involved in elections in 2024? Mm-hmm. Section three, in what ways do you plan to help Democrats win their races? And there's signing petitions, hosting an event, uh, volunteering to call voters or text message voters, knocking on doors, helping to register voters. None of the above. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, there's no physically threatened Republican voters or changing vote signs. Physically threatened or... Republican voters no. is not on here. Okay. All right. Fine. Because we don't work that way. No. That's a different survey. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Now, here is the workshopped and focus grouped question <laughs> that made me think, okay, this is podcastable. Section four. What are some of the key issues keeping you up at night? Please well, choose three. <laughs> will there be a season six of Fargo? <laughs> Why isn't Margot Robbie nominated for a goddamn Academy Award? <laughs> that goes under other. It keeps me awake at night, Joe Biden. Fix this shit. Fix it now. Why was the director of Barbie denied a nomination? Yes. When the picture uh, gets a best picture nomination. Yeah. She got best picture. But yeah. okay. So, uh, Please choose three. I don't know how you could choose three of these, but uh, attacks on GOP attacks on abortion access, our nation's ongoing gun violence epidemic, the climate crisis, book bans and attacks on our public school teachers, Republicans trying to reverse our historic progress on LGBTQ plus rights, the global rise of far right ideologies and other. And I just thought the keeping you up at night thing. Mm -hmm is a really critical choice. Yes. And it proves to me that someone in the Biden world is actually tapping into the anger and anxiety of democratic voters. Yeah. That's And the, you that's don't see it on the media. You don't you, we do not get a voice on MSNBC. No. They are too busy desperately looking for Nikki Haley voters. Yeah. To show that independents and moderates want, you know, a different thing other than the message that Donald Trump is sending. Well, the, the, there's that anecdote from, I think, New Hampshire or Iowa where a reporter was looking for some local color and ended up talking to a New York Times editor. Yeah. Because yeah. there's not enough bodies to go around. But it's like, you know, we and it's become New York Times pitch bot. You know, yes, we wanted to know thing. what yeah. what America's foreign policy should be vis-a-vis Gaza. So we talked to six undecided voters in a diner in New Hampshire. Right, right, yeah. right. And and who Nikki, you know, Haley leaning voters in, you know, a car park. Mm-hmm. And it's just mm-hmm. fucking ridiculous. And and this yeah. this part of the survey is the stick. This yes. is this yes. is what's coming if you don't fix this shit. Right. That's the stick and section mm-hmm. 5 is the carrot. Mm-hmm. Which is what is giving you hope during this time in America. Yeah. And you can just hear the Leonard Bernstein, you oh. know, Oh, the the strings coming up. Right. And the sunrise and the so forth. But it's please rank in order of importance. One equals most important. And it's all of the accomplishments of the Biden administration listed. You know, the Inflation Reduction Act, the bipartisan infrastructure law, uh, historic action to address gun violence epidemic through the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act, the Violence Against Women Act. Uh, and the last one is oh, capping the price of, in, of insulin. 
The last uh-huh. one is Justice Katanji Brown Jackson, the first black woman and public defender to serve on the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Which does give me hope. I'm not saying yeah. I'm not dissing any of that. No, no, that's all good stuff. But this is a marketing effort, is what I'm saying, and it shows me that despite the the desperate desire of the media to pretend we don't exist, mm-hmm. to pretend that democratic anger has no place in this race. That's right. Uh, it does. And it's being heard by people that want to elect Joe Biden. Well, and, um, and I there was say it, a, also, it also flies in the face of the constant dumbing down of messaging, which is, you know, voters can only think about one thing. Mm-hmm. It's got to yeah. be about abortion yeah. or democracy or the economy. It can't be like two things or three things no. or nine things because, you know, it totally can. Beings, well, human beings in their house, you know, at home here, we can only think of one thing at once. You know, <laughs> I must get coffee. Therefore, the cat starved because I can't possibly feed the cats and right. get coffee at the right. same time. I might, my little brain just doesn't work that way. No, people can be distressed about multiple things. Mm-hmm. And you can be really pissed at Joe Biden about some things and really look at him and go, on the other hand, all these other things are going very well and the alternative is so horrifying. I don't I'm willing to give him my vote because on balance there's no contest between these two. As yeah. opposed to yeah. you gotta pick democracy or abortion or economy. There's nothing and that and might the, work for Republican voters. The person who, who has proved that you can be subtle about these issues yeah. is Kamala Harris. Yeah, I was going to say Kamala Harris. Her messaging all week on the in the anniversary of Roe has been: you can have strong religious beliefs about abortion. You can believe that you would never get one. Uh, you know, your religious beliefs are your religious beliefs. Do you want the government deciding what you do with your body? Well, and the fact that she's out this week. Mm-hmm. Is is somebody at the White House is aware that she needs more face time on real specific issues to right. boost and her ratings? And she's the one to talk about this issue. Yeah, yeah. And it's you know yeah. all of this, all of that bullshit we've heard over the last year about nobody likes Kamala Harris. She's the most ineffective vice president. We did a whole show about who was the most effective vice president. What are you talking about? <laughs> vice president's job Dan is to Quayle? What yeah, <laughs> job? Their job is to be the wallpaper in the white house. Their job right, is to fade right. into the background and do what the president asks them to do. That's their goddamn job. So why are you picking on this? Oh, that's we right. We all black, know why they're picking woman. on this. That's yes. why you're picking on her yeah, because yeah. your friends, your racist friends can't say black woman, but they can say she's not a very good vice president. Mm-hmm. Well, she's a fine vice president. I'm very happy. She's vice president and putting yeah. her in front of a microphone on issues that she's very good at talking about is a tremendous asset it's to the a Biden phenomenal administration. Phenomenal asset. And yeah. with the anniversary, timing it with the anniversary Absolutely. makes the news media have a slot for it. Uh, they love it. anniversaries. Yes, they do. Um, and there was an article in the New Yorker which started with um, all of the turmoil. And this goes back to our initial theme of the important drinking hasn't started yet. <laughs> The entire year that we're going to have of election turmoil mm-hmm. is going to end on election night with everyone focused on the Philadelphia suburbs and Maricopa County, Arizona. Right. And remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean don't vote. No, no, no. <laughs> that, no. that means get out and vote. Right. And especially in the House races, especially in your local races, the headliners, Trump versus Biden, is really just that. It's a headliner to get all of these other races filled with the right people. Right. Um, and and 
yes, we want Biden to win. We, of course we do. Um, Trump's broke. I need to tell you that again. Trump is broke. The uh-huh. RNC is broke right now. Right. Um, and I mean, broken. not just morally. <laughs> they're, 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 I mean, we've got more stories than we can report on their news roundup, which is coming up next, about how screwed up they are at the state level. You know, how, oh my God. how they're just botching shit. And they're dropping easy things. And the people at the state level are crazier than the people at the national level. And, you know, they're 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 ripe to be rolled over. And, and any Republican to... in the House with a law degree and, you know, 20 years left in their career are mm-hmm. leaving. Yeah. Yeah. No, I want to survive. I will survive. Yeah, I can't do this. This is. Yeah, I can. Hey, speaking so, of news roundup, um, shall we move on to a news let's roundup? Let's do the Blue news gal? roundup. Absolutely. Right. After you, Blue Gal. Trump won the Iowa Republican caucus, defeating Ron DeSantis by some 30 points. About 31 minutes after caucusing began, networks declared Trump the winner. Trump facing 91 charges against four criminal cases. Um, uh-huh. uh, won 98 of 99 counties in Iowa. I know we talked about this this week, but we wanted to set the stage here to talk about what is happening so far in this process. Yeah, this is now we're back to the present time. In advance of the New Hampshire primary, which, you know, everyone knows Trump won, Tim Scott endorsed Donald Trump over fellow South Carolinian Nikki Haley, and that's when events started to pick up speed. Right, because Ron DeSantis then suspended his presidential campaign and endorsed Donald Trump. (laughs) Now, suspended, as Keith Olbermann pointed out, means he left himself the option to jump back in of a magic hamburger, finally rids the GOP of Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. They're not going to go with DeSantis. No, no. But everyone's keeping their options open just in case. There's a you know three percent mm-hmm. chance that Donald Trump drops dead at some point between now and November. So everybody wants to be able to say, I never de-. everybody wants to be Khrushchev. You know? Yeah. They yeah. want to bury Stalin but and 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 praise him, but let's move on from that. And that's not gonna happen. Um DeSantis also said no thank you to a proposed Republican bill in Florida to use taxpayer money to help pay Trump's legal bills. Isn't that exciting? The proposed bill would have allowed the state to create the Freedom Fighters Fund, which could then give Trump up to $5 million in taxpayer money for legal fees incurred from his ongoing court cases. And just as a PS to that, Michael Knowles, who I said to you yesterday, is the um, shit seeping up from the basement of Republican thought. Mm -hmm. Um, He wants the federal government to pay Trump's legal fees. I'm sure he does. Uh, And then there's Nancy Mace. Like Lil Marco, Nancy Mace was once an unequivocal denouncer of Donald Trump. In January 2021, she said, quote, I hold Trump accountable for the events that transpired for the attack on our Capitol last Wednesday. And now, just like Lil Marco Rubio, Nancy Mace is an unequivocal supporter and endorser of Donald Trump. Mm Mm-hmm. She just rolls from political bed to political bed, you know, without really a second thought. And then do a prayer breakfast. And do a prayer breakfast and brags about how she, you know, I I gave up breakfast sex to come with you people. Let's move (laughs) it along. Nikki Haley questioned whether Trump was mentally fit to serve as president after he repeatedly confused her for Nancy Pelosi during his speech, which is... And what was funny was last night during election night, Nancy Pelosi also questioned whether Trump was mentally fit to serve as president. So now Trump's really confused. Yeah. Well, you know, God bless Trump for creating political commercials and Nikki Haley for creating... Oh, for for the Democrats. Democrats. Yes, right. Donald Trump won in New Hampshire the next morning 
which was this morning, Ronna Romney McDaniel, the completely neutral in the primaries, I support the decision of the voters, GOP chairman, told Nikki Haley to drop out. Yeah, yeah. It's every every iteration of, of RNC chair is worse than the last one. That should tell you oh, something. Oh, yeah. Well, and and don't get me started talking about Win Red. She can't do anything but serve Trump because no. he's got all of the money bags and yeah. all of the mailing lists. They do not belong to her. They belong to Donald Trump or someone in Trump world. And as we know from our marketing material and our survey, mailing lists are very, very important. Valuable. That's where the real money is. And Donald Trump doesn't give them away to just anybody. No. They're not like nuclear secrets. He'll just blab those everywhere. <laughs> but, blab those everywhere, but not uh, in the mailing lists. Yeah. No, those are secret, secret things. Marjorie Taylor Greene called for, quote, eradicating Nikki Haley from the GOP if she continued to run after New Hampshire. Green doubled down on Tuesday after saying that the American First Movement would eradicate people who do not support former uh, former President Donald Trump. Quote, any Republican that does not completely endorse these policies, we are completely eradicating from the party, Green told MSNBC on Monday. Man. What policies? She's, she's talking about the border. She's that's all about she's talking about. Just sucking Donald Trump's dick in public. Uh-huh. You know, that's all she's By talking about. By the way, this um, invasion over the border... Mm-hmm. is 2024's Halloween fentanyl. Yeah. When Jeff DeWitt was named chairman of the Arizona Republican Party late last year, one of the very first things he tried to do was bribe Carrie Lake not to run for the U.S. Senate because she's going to lose. I love this story. I love it. Yeah. The conversation did not go all that well. DeWitt told her not to mention the conversation to anyone, but we'll pay you not to run. Uh but of course it was recorded. And of course it's now been leaked. Yeah. Just so, you know, it's it's now a battle between the chairman of the Republican Party in Arizona mm-hmm. and the Senate candidate. <laughs> and don't forget that the Democrat running in the Senate, his campaign line is, I'm running against Nikki Haley. I'm running against Carrie Lake. Excuse me. I'm running against Carrie Lake. That's his campaign slogan. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mighty campaign slogan. It's, you know, 3440 or fight or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, yeah it's it's up there. I'm not Carrie Lake. Vote for yeah. me. Like, <laughs> wow. Okay, dude, you got my vote. This is from alert listener Walt just came in over the transom today. This is the front page of today's Parkersburg News and Sentinel, which we are told, quote, leads the way, delivering local news, sports and community information to the entire mid-Ohio Valley. The headline is, Chairwoman of the West Virginia State Senate Education Committee says, quote, in God we trust, unquote, is not, repeat, not a religious statement. Alert listener Walt adds, big if true. <laughs> she she just succeeded in making everyone angry at her. Yeah, way to go. This if, is, you, again, if you want in God we trust at school, yeah. on the walls of school, you want it because it is a religious statement. What is What is wrong with her? She's, hey, Democrats in disarray, baby. Uh, Democrats no, in disarray. No, the no. party of Lincoln. The par- this is Reagan. <laughs> this is the Reagan Revolution, <laughs> <This> baby. Is... <laughs> they're, they're, it's a well-oiled machine, honey. Uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. It is interesting how Joe Biden is using policy to dismantle Reaganomics yep. very specifically. Uh-huh. Only took 40 years. But guess what, Driftglass? Uh-huh. The Republican Cat Food Commission <laughs> is back, baby. By popular Just demand. in time for the 2024 election. We like to take the food out of your grandmother's mouth. Yes, right. and cut her Medicare and cut Social Security. Cut, 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 cut. Because that's what we—that's all we know how to do. That's all we know how mm-hmm. to talk about. 
Uh, this is from the Brennan Center. For the record, when President Obama warned that Citizens United would invite foreign money to the United States elections, Justice Alito responded, not true. The verdict is in. Obama was right. Alito was wrong because Alito is always wrong. On the Democratic side, the Biden administration, again on the anniversary of Roe, announced new steps to expand access to contraception, abortion medication, and emergency abortion care at hospitals. This week was the 51st anniversary of Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. The perfect time to do it in terms of media coverage. Also on the Democratic side, a guy named Dean Phillips became who? the first... Pre- yeah. Who? who? I'm sorry. Uh, also on the Democratic side, Steve Schmidt's sugar daddy, Dean Phillips, became the re- most recent sugar daddy became the first presidential candidate in history to lose to a guy who was not even on the ballot. Write-in votes for Biden in New Hampshire won. They did, by a lot. The Supreme Court allowed federal border patrol agents to cut through or move razor wire along the Mexican border that Texas installed to keep migrants from crossing into the state. The ruling was five to four, folks. That's disgusting. It is disgusting. Uh, Justices Clarence Thomas, Sam Alito, Neil Gorsuch, and Brett Kavanaugh love razor wire against migrant refugees. Mm -hmm. Women and children, let them drown. Slice them up, let them drown. That's Jesus Christ. The Washington Post's Aaron Blake finds it troubling that Democrats are saying bad things about Republicans during an election year. Oh, my God. Hat tip to Steve M. at No More Mr. Nice blog. Quote, increasingly, Democrats desire to go after the Republicans writ large and win elections has clashed with their admonitions that Trump and election denial are singular menaces, unquote, which I believe Mr. Blake is mixing up Democrats with Charlie Sykes of the Bulwark, which, to be fair, happens all the time. How dare the Democrats walk and chew gum at the same time? Yeah, I know. Well, uh, the Republicans are reviving the cat food commission. Charlie Sykes is the guy who who's always lecturing Democrats that, you know, tr- yeah, DeSantis is bad, but Donald Trump's a unique threat. He's and you're watering down your message. And if you get off, if you start talking about everybody in, in the GOP, right? Uh, if you field start ad, running against Republican House members, you're diluting the message. Right? No, you should Charlie, only run against Donald Trump and leave us Republicans alone. Your entire party is a giant fascist toilet, which you helped right. create, and that's why you don't want us to talk about it. Anyway, right. moving on. Uh, You're going to be seeing a lot of Kate Cox this year. She is the Dallas area OBGYN who sued for the right to terminate a non-viable pregnancy and then was forced to leave Texas to get abortion care. Her child was not going to survive. She is a white, blonde, suburban lady whose health was endangered by a pregnancy that she wanted. Yep. She is going to attend the State of the Union as a guest of First Lady Jill Biden on March 7th. Finally, Jon Stewart will be making a surprise return to The Daily Show 25 years after starting on that show. He will host the Comedy Central late night show one at a week through the 2024 election cycle. Welcome back, Jon Stewart. We missed you. Each week, we post to our Facebook page and website an Internet Kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's Internet Kitty is actually a Chihuahua pup named Claire. Claire is clearly the undisputed empress of the household of our listener Hannah and Hannah's daughter. 
Hannah's daughter sometimes listens into this podcast to find out if Claire is Internet Pet of the Week. And this week, Claire is Internet Pet of the Week. Way to go, Claire. Hi, everybody. Claire, Claire, Claire. And of course, Claire Eats Freshly Poured Pet Food, our fake sponsor. Whether you serve pet store perfection or dollar store dreck, your cat, dog, llama, iguana, boa constrictor, or really cute chihuahua will sit on the kitchen floor and demand that the food they eat is only freshly poured. Freshly poured, freshly poured. And you can visit Claire, really cute, at our Facebook page or website. And you can send your internet kitty dog or other pet to us. Yes, we do accept iguanas to our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com, where you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We do love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write to us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service, go Postal Unions. Letter on the air unless you say otherwise. Do not forget our gourmet coffee guidelines. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, or if you can afford to buy an espresso-based franchise for yourself, buy one for us. (laughs) We do have some listeners who have pretty deep pockets, and we do appreciate their support. But every dollar counts. This is not charity. This is our job. If you can spare All right, five wait bucks, a minute, no. wait a minute. Time out. Drift Class is about ready to mail out a survey. <laughs> right, I am. <laughs> Are you rich? Really rich? <laughs> Elon Musk rich? Are you poor? Are you middle class? Do you think of yourself as middle class? Do you live in the forest? Do you live under a tree? Do you live down by the river in a van? <laughs> If you can spare five bucks a month, please spare five bucks a month at patreon.com forward slash proleftpod. Please share our show on social media. Turn it up real loud so your neighbors can hear it. And if you love this podcast, please get someone else to listen to. And thank you for doing that. Hey, Drift Class, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties hear that Tim Scott and his totally real fiance are registered at Bed, Beard, and Beyond. That's not very nice. That's not nice. That's not <laughs> scriptural. You're damn right it's not scriptural. Hey, let's think about living. Think about living. Let's think about loving. Think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the popping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow and the switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. The Professional Left Podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2024-25, GGBG Productions.